0: Hello and welcome to the Outdoor Lives podcast. My name is Mike Crane. I'm the author of Nature Snowdonia and the forthcoming, the mountain leader, which is due this spring. This podcast is free to air, ad free and music free. You can find out more about me and my workshops and e-learning modules at mycrane.co.uk. My guest today is Tasha Mark of Gecko Experience. Tasha came on one of my workshops last year and and she's one of those people who's just continually impressive you you know when you're out walking there you're trying to get to know people and and you're asking questions and and Tasha just kept coming back with these really good answers she she is young um and and I think it was the 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 development of her own business at what to me is such a young age I mean obviously she's She's not as young as she was, but, you know, she's in the grand scheme of things has set up a really good outdoor business. um, And that's the gecko experience. It's based in the West Midlands. It's predominantly a DV activity provider. And Tasha started this business in 2014, which is a while ago now, isn't it? Uh, She did a degree in outdoor education in Plymouth uh, when she did her ML training. She completed that in 2015. Uh, and after volunteering with local DV groups and really finding out that that's what she enjoyed working with young people encouraging them to make the most of the outdoors she set up gecko experience most of the work is west midlands um, bronze and silver expeditions but she's also running gold expeditions in the peak snowdonia and the lake district she spends a lot of spare time in the outdoors too she's a genuine enthusiast out camping walking biking uh, within the uk and on holiday uh, and has recently taken up paddleboarding and kitted out the, the classic camper van. So uh, she's on the road as an outdoor instructor running her own business. Tasha, welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
1: Hi, Mikey. I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me as well.
0: That, that was quite a long introduction, but I'm really interested in how initially you got into the outdoors. How did you come to be in a position to to choose to do an outdoor degree uh, and then put the outdoor degree into into practice?
1: So I've always loved being in the outdoors, so right from a young age, um, parents took me out we to the Lake District every year um, and carried on on my own sort of journey, starting to do um, the expeditions, so I did my bronze, my silver and gold daily myself. Um, also then went on to do um, my first long distance walk at 18, um, did the coast to coast, and then it came to that point at sixth form and it was, we had to apply for uni's. So I had a look through and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do at that age. And I just knew that the outdoors was something that I really enjoyed doing. So there was courses on there and that's sort of how I ended up doing the outdoor degree. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Uh, Great degree. Um, Found it quite hard in some ways being away from home and that side of things as well. Um, But the outdoors was just, just loved it. And I just thought let's do something that I want to do and that I enjoy doing as well.
0: Presumably, apart from the mountains, Plymouth's actually a good place to do an outdoor adventure education course with the coast, the rivers, the moor.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, getting to the mountains from Plymouth was a little bit more challenging. You have got Dartmoor, um, but obviously, getting up to the like, Snowdonia and the Peak District was quite a jaunt, really. Um, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to go to Plymouth, that was what I was set on. It was just sort of where I ended up, really. Um, but yeah they definitely had the sea sport like the, all the paddle sports and we did some sailing and things like that as well
0: so so what was it attracted to that one was it called outdoor adventure education was it something you know because there are one or two of these degrees aren't there? What, what particularly attracted you there yes
1: yeah, so there's quite a variety so i did the usual traveling around the country looking at different places um i really like plymouth as a city um and when i went on the open days it was quite um a small university so that's kind of what appealed to me as well because I came from quite a small school and a small village um, and it just seems a little bit more of a sort of family sort of, um, feel really rather than it being a massive university to go to.
0: And, and did you get to do work experience? Did you work in outdoor centres while you're doing that?
1: Yes I did yeah so um, we did quite a few placements so we did a lot of placements in schools which were local but then um, as part of my degree I did a disability pathway um, so in the disability pathway, we had to do a placement and I did um, work at the Calvert Trust up in the Lake District. Um, so we went out to do two weeks, but I actually ended up over the three years, probably doing close on six weeks there. And just absolutely loved it and well lo- loved the location, but also the people and got to know them. And, and also working with the, the different people that you met up there, um, which was really good as well. Mm-hmm
0: fantastic place, to Calvert Trust yeah big shout out for them the work they do is tremendous yeah so did the job not beckon there
1: um yeah. although I loved being up in the light district and I loved the centre work I just knew it wasn't really what I wanted to do I didn't want to be in that centre week in week out it was more that I wanted to look at from the doing the DOB as a volunteer you see the progression of the young people so instead of just seeing a young person for that five days you actually see these young people from sometimes from 14 all the way until um, I finish with them at gold at, at 18.
0: Um,
1: so it's a, that's what, one of the things I absolutely love about it and you see them grow and, and go through quite what I think is can be quite a challenging time of their lives as well um, and especially when they're at 18 and they're looking at where they want to go from what they want to do um,
0: it's really interesting. Um, I I wonder if that's part of the answer to the next question then, because my generation would typically have gone from that beginning and worked in outdoor centres. We'd have done some voluntary work. We'd have done some low-paid work. We'd have probably been trying to get a job in in one of the LEA centres, of which there are very few nowadays. So it's quite a different pathway. But what I like is that story you're telling there about. The development of the youngsters because working in outdoor centers you very often see people for a week and that's it they're in they're gone you move on to the next lot so well, I suppose the question really is who gave you the idea to start up a business you know did that just come from you well, you know why didn't you go and get a job for somebody why did you set up your own business how, how did that come about
1: um I <laughs> I, honestly, I don't really know um I've finished uni, you know, I did go in for six months, I did work in a youth hostel locally
0: yeah. Um,
1: and then I suppose that a lot of people say to me oh, it was a really big step, I suppose at the time I didn't really see it like that, yeah. um, I was very lucky in the fact that I could move back in with my parents so um, I wasn't worried about rent and financially, um, it wasn't that difficult from that point of view and I suppose it just sort of one thing led to another and I thought at this time I've got no responsibilities. Whereas if you go in and get a job and you start taking on, um, you know, rent or mortgages and everything else to then going into that and setting up a business. For me, I actually think it's a much bigger leap than perhaps what I did. Um, so, yeah, just looking back now, I can't honestly say when I decided that that's what I was going to do. It just kind of one thing led to another. And I just thought, let's give it a go. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And luckily, it's just gone from strength to strength. And I couldn't really ask for any more, really.
0: Oh, you must be doing something right. Do you, do you know what it is you're doing right? <laughs>
1: um yeah, I'd like to think I'm doing something right. So I think I've grown the business very slowly. So um I don't have masses of schools, so I work with about 15 schools um altogether. So it's not a massive business by any stretch. Um I'm quite a control freak, so obviously I <laughs> struggle to let things go, which I am now starting to do a little bit more, um allowing more people to run some of the expeditions for me. Um but I found that very difficult. Um Growing the business because it's obviously you're sort of passing over that control to other people, which I have definitely struggled with. But we are getting there, and also sort of getting to know my instructors um, and feeling confident in that as well. Um, so yeah,
0: it's a real pivotal moment in a business, isn't it? Where you go from doing everything yourself to asking other people to do things, and and yeah, I've experienced that myself, and it it's, it's really hard, isn't it? I really empathise with you on that one um but presumably you've picked some good people have you trained them have you brought them along where have they come from
1: so um although i started the business back in 2014 um i actually did a lot of freelancing before so it was very much um a little bit of business and then freelancing uh and then over the years it sort of flipped so now i do very very little freelancing um and it's pretty much all all my own work now but obviously through freelancing um I worked for a number of different AAPs, which was really good. So I got to understand what I thought perhaps worked well with those AAPs, what maybe I thought, you know, maybe could be improved. Um, and also, you meet a lot of people, so you meet a lot of instructors that way. So actually, you're seeing them on the ground, you see how they work with um, students, but also how they are with members of staff. So, because obviously, the schools are coming, yes, the, the young people are, your, are the people you're working with, but obviously, you also need to get on with the teachers as well. Um, And that's how most of my instructors now are, and working for me, um, just through getting to know them through the freelancing world. As well, yeah,
0: because there's a lot of competent people, but it's that relationships, isn't it? Relationships with the teachers as as the kids. That's absolutely key, isn't it, in the business? I often, I used to interview people and say, you know, why do you want to be an outdoor instructor? And the answer I was often looking for was as much to do with people as as place. So I think that's really interesting. No, slightly odd tangent now, but gecko why gecko adventures? It's it's, it's not a name, um, say that
1: it's quite an odd one. Uh, nothing <laughs> that technical. It was uh, basically, so my dad bought a van uh, back in just I finished uni and he was a DT teacher and he basically put geckos on the van. Um, and it was coming to chew the name and it was just uh, something that I find quite difficult things like that um and yeah we just went with gecko and gecko experience and there's nothing more to it i'd love to say there's a, a massive thing to it but there really isn't um i did look at rebranding a couple of years ago um but i decided not to and i just thought because obviously the name starting to get around a little bit especially around the midlands so mm. i did keep it
0: yeah big br- the brand's important and of course one of the big advantages you have being a uh, a relatively young person in this sector running your own businesses you must be a bit of a social media guru. I bet, I bet you're a whiz on the old TikTok and that, aren't
1: you? Um, no, not at all. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd love yeah. to say yes, but um, I'm not really. Um, I try. I tried it a couple of years ago, um, but it's definitely something that actually this year I'm, I need. I know that I need to put a little bit more time into. Um, I obviously need to spend a little time on updating my website, but obviously for the social media side, it's um, I find it quite difficult. I don't find it easy to just tell people what I'm doing all the time. Uh, I suppose that probably comes from personally as well. Um, But I know that in the business it would benefit and it's something now that everybody looks at. um, And it's just about putting on the right thing really, isn't it? And it's, yeah, it's a work in progress, shall we say. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Would you use it to enhance what you do or would you you want to try and develop the business in different directions?
1: I think it's more about just sort of, enhancing what i'm doing and sort of letting people know what i'm doing um and also the fact of almost i feel you you've got to have a presence on there not necessarily that you're looking for more business or changing the way your business is going but i think almost if you don't have a presence on there now it's very much like well why is there not a presence on there um i'm very aware that my social media is is very out of date um and it's something that does need to be looked at and and it needs moving forward um so yeah it's um It'll maybe happen this year. About that. It just,
0: it just <laughs> amazes me, you know, because obviously the perception will be that yeah, she's young, she's really good at that. But um, you've built a business through through solid word of mouth, haven't you? And contact.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um started <laughs> working in a couple of the local schools. So I actually went one of the first schools I went to was uh, the school that I went to as a as a kid, um, and then just grew from there. So obviously, from doing DOV as a volunteer, uh, back when DOV was run through a lot of the the councils, you got to know teachers that way. Um, And then part of my degree was also linked into, so my dissertation was linked into developing a DOV programme for uh, staff to deliver. Um, And then obviously got to know people through that way. And then obviously with the way the schools have gone into trusts, that's then allowed word of mouth through the trusts. Um, So now I've got quite a number of schools in in the trusts that I work with as well that's
0: brilliant and and i know there be people who are listening thinking well that sounds dead easy but there's got to be more to it what what have been the challenges tasha what have been the most the difficult bits
1: um i think the most difficult part is um it's quite a hard question that one there's um you. yeah i think i've been is lucky the right word i don't know
0: mm-hmm. um
1: it's everything has gone from strength to strength. And I've been very lucky in the fact there hasn't been a lot of um, fallbacks. Um, I've built up the business very slowly and I think I've done it that way to avoid the sort of challenges along the way from that point. Um, Biggest challenge.
0: No, don't worry, don't worry. There's There's a humble confidence there that comes through in conversation with you and, and and I think people really fall and trust you so let let me change the question then and say what are the best bits what do you like most about being your own boss
1: um well I couldn't imagine being in employment because I don't really know what that's like um, but I just love working with so many different people so you, you meet people from all different backgrounds uh, from the teachers all the way from the students as well and your instructors um, and just being able to have sort of the freedom to, to work when I like to work. Um, yeah. and also being able to have that time off in the winter, I really value. And I think as the business has got bigger, I've valued that time more because the summers have got busier, but they've also got a lot longer. Yeah. Um, and massively since um COVID actually, the season seemed to have it's sort of been more accepted to go on longer into sort of October and November um as well.
0: Is that um Do you have bits of the year that you blot out then for yourself? How how do you manage your own time? It's very easy to be working all the time when you're self-employed, isn't it?
1: Very easy. Um, I do find it very hard (laughs) to switch off from work. Um, And even sort of when you go on holiday, I find it very hard to just kind of go, right, you don't need to check your emails. Mm. I think it becomes a bit of a habit as well. Um, The winter's quieter, um, but obviously um, I say it's going to be quiet, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at the diary for sort of the rest of January and February. And it's already building up so a lot of the training that i go and do in schools is done during the winter months
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i haven't necessarily taken off a block like a month block yet um it's something that maybe i'd like to do um and perhaps sort of do a little bit of traveling in the winter maybe in the coming years um but again i think i find that quite difficult to just completely go out well, and going away for a month even though it's quiet and you can manage it abroad or you know you can manage your business from anywhere now um, it's just quite a big step, really, doing
0: that. It's a big step, yeah. Are there bits you don't like about running your own business?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, so there's things like some of the paperwork I find quite difficult. Uh, definitely things like the accounts. So in the last year, I've gone from being a sole trader, which I kind of got my head round, very comfortable with that, being, going over to a limited company in the last year. Um, and it's just a whole new world. Um, mm. and you're just learning again and all this new terminology, and it's um quite I find it quite daunting that side of it. Um I'm quite lucky because um my mum actually does a lot of that for me as well as the accountant, um, and sometimes it can get quite overwhelming from that side of it. Um and also it's the usual, isn't it? Self-employed, it's great, but it does make things, you know, a little bit more uncertain. Um and it makes things like getting your mortgage a little bit harder and stuff like that. But for me, the, the cons are yeah. a lot lower than the pros, really.
0: You have a good sport network there with home and mum and dad. Yeah.
1: Very lucky And
0: you live in <laughs> the van most of the time. Do you buy choice or
1: <laughs> say that again? Sorry.
0: You, you live in the van most of the time by choice or
1: no. So I'm, um, I was lucky enough just before COVID. So literally February of 2020, I bought a house. Wow. Um, and then i got the van last year so the van's a new thing um it's just for in the summer really when i'm spending pretty much most of the the summer away it was just got to a point where i was with a bit more comfort really
0: are we through covid did that knock you back you survived all right through covid
1: yeah i survived um it massively so um sort of put the business it didn't necessarily put it back i'd say it put it on hold um for a number of years so it's pretty much say for the 18 months really um and then it obviously picked up almost almost where it left off and um, there's been a lot of changes in dv through covid which have been brilliant because it's allowed us still to get out so um for example in 2020 once things opened very slightly there was a couple of scores going out in the october and the november um which that's where it kind of has increased the the season and i think people are now more willing to go out in those times as well so it's definitely had a positive in that aspect um but yeah it was it was tough it was tough for everybody but you know we were lucky with the self-employment grants and things like that and we got through it so it's positive
0: well done that's excellent and um, you just sent me for another trainer thoughts question that i hadn't thought of before but when we do ml training and ml assessment i think we pay lip service to remote supervision but Remote supervision is quite a big thing on DOV, isn't it? Would, do you think we could do a better job on that with mountain training courses or or do you think it's something that people learn on the job afterwards?
1: I think you very much you learn it on the job. Um, I suppose because I started it at such a young age and almost went through the process myself, it's something that I've always been aware of. Um, so I suppose can you learn remote supervision? Um it's very it's very changing for every group. so for some groups that remote supervision is is very limited, whereas for other groups you you know you're see them once or twice a day um and it really depends on on the ability of that group as to how you want to do it. So is it something you can learn? I, I'm not really sure it is I think it sort of comes through experience um and getting to know the group that you're working with and what level you need to put that at.
0: Can you coach people on how you want them to do it for your business?
1: Yes, I would say so. Um, bronze and silver is very different um, all the gold expeditions I still run so um, I'm on every gold expedition there's now bronze and silver where I'm not so much um, is it remote supervision is it not remote supervision um, they're seen very regularly especially at bronze you know um, for some schools now they're only going out on one expedition so the first time those those students are going out is on their assessment and that's the only time mm. Um, so yes, you're building those students up in the training and hoping that they're capable. But for some of those groups, we you know you might be seeing them every half an hour, um, but for some of the other students, you might be seeing them every two hours, and it's it's um it's kind of measuring the group. And I think I feel confident that my instructors know when a group's struggling, and sometimes you know they'll walk with them for or, for an hour or you know to yeah. give them that extra confidence. Um, we've also in the last sort of couple of years I've started using the trackers as well oh, yeah. um, which um, that's a whole separate conversation but i, I absolutely love them. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a real positive um, and it's just allowed us to perhaps use the instructor's time more wisely um, yeah. but also um, allowed the I think gives the students and also parents a little bit more confidence and um, just in the fact they know that they're not going to be yeah. left alone completely.
0: Presumably you know where the hot spots are, where they go wrong. You, you know your routes pretty well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, again, like for gold, they're great. Um, and I think from a safety point of view at gold, they're useful. But I'd probably say they're actually more useful at bronze and silver. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually, on my bronze and silver routes, very, very few areas that they can't be used. In fact, I can't even think of any. Um, it's not until you go to um, the uh, the lakes is quite touch and go with them. But Snowdonia, I'd say they pretty much work in the majority of the places. Um, Absolutely. and because you know that where they don't work, yeah. you you know, perhaps put a little bit more of extra supervision in there, yeah. but it definitely hasn't changed the way I supervise. Um, I'm still out on the ground and, and doing it that way as well. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want
0: to miss that bit, would you?
1: No, not at all, and that's why you do the job. Um, but it's actually helps <laughs> even silly things on gold, actually, for you know, members of staff who were just there as pastoral. It's meant that for them, it's made life a lot easier. They know when when the students are going to be on checkpoints and when they're going to be able to see them as well. So that's another positive, really, for schools.
0: That's brilliant. What what are your favourite areas? Is it the contrast between the peak, the lakes, Snowdonia, or or is the one that, oh, come on, yes, it's lakes this weekend, which do you you look forward to most?
1: (laughs) Um, I look forward to all of it, even working locally. So I'm lucky enough to run some of the expeditions literally on the doorstep um with regards to like snows and lakes and peaks i try tend to keep the lakes um for myself more i suppose um mm-hmm. also getting up there nowadays is it, it can take so long um mm-hmm. from the midlands and um, it's great if you have a good run but when you're going um up there on a monday morning for example to get up there and coming back on a friday it's just not great um and also i think the travel for the students is quite a lot um which yeah. is why i've sort of tended to start using the peaks a lot more and snowdonia um peaks and snowdon as well it's just a lot easier to get around um as an instructor um which makes a lot more sense um but yeah uh, everywhere I, and it's also about who you're working with as well rather than where you work sometimes and I'm the right. weather
0: yeah no, get that <laughs> what advice would you have for others? Um in this sort of world for setting up their own business for cracking on what would be your top tips well even if they just wanted to get into freelancing you know we get mature people don't we training as ml's and they don't know where to start what what would you say to them
1: and the first thing is just give it a go um, and talk to people and the more you talk to people the obviously it, it can be a good thing and a bad thing can't it but if you're talking to people and getting to know people and just go out and get the experience to start with um you know if anybody wanted to come and volunteer and just have a go then you know start there and and slowly work through the qualifications and don't necessarily have massive expectations to start with um and yeah just give it a go and it's if it doesn't work it doesn't work does it um, yeah yeah
0: nothing ventured nothing gained though yeah and what about you? What's the next steps for you? Is, are you happy with the business as it is? Are you happy with your qualifications as they are? Do you need to develop things? Do you want to develop things? Are you going to sit now and do the same thing till you retire? What's what's the future hold for Tasha?
1: Um, good question. So at the moment, the business is going really well. Um, it's still growing. So I'd say in the last year and a half, I've taken on quite a few more schools um, and it's looking like more schools to continue. And also the numbers within the schools have already got going up. Uh, so definitely, carry on growing the business for now. I often get asked that: is it something I'm going to do for the rest of my life? I've got no idea. <laughs> um, I enjoy it, and I think at the, the point where I get up and go, I don't want to go to work, mm. then that's when I'll perhaps look at doing something else. But for the moment, and the way it works and everything, it's it's definitely what I'll carry on doing. So yeah, right. yeah,
0: and it's still growing, isn't it? You're still in a really good phase of the business.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So from my point of view, I'm obviously very keen on the environment and environmental training. Uh, And I know that's quite tricky to get across when you've got a group of youngsters who you're trying to teach some really important navigation safety skills for. Can those two be married? Can your leaders inspire more about the environment?
1: Yes, they can. Um, Obviously, you've got to start with you've got to start with the basics with the young people you can't go on and and take give them so much information that it just becomes overwhelming for them um so yeah all the time i think a lot of my instructors are sort of talking to them about the environment and one of the sessions that i often put in the training is environmental issues and, and i keep it very basic especially at bronze and just sort of talking about how you know the travel of you get into places you know obviously the, the common one litter and that is a massive one I think definitely for DOV we have to manage that Um, and we try to manage it in such a way that they're aware of what rubbish they are bringing with them but also taking away with them Um, and also that if we don't manage that, that also puts a very negative view on the young people but also the DOV as an award as well. Um, So yeah I think there's definitely scope for that, I think we perhaps need to educate them more. Um, but it's also about educating people that perhaps don't go and do DV. It's about how you can go and get the word out to those people as well.
0: Um, yeah, it's big pictures, it's isn't it? And they're challenges. But uh, I just feel if you take people into the countryside, you need to tell them something about it. Uh, yeah, definitely. You're getting that message across as best you can. Tasha, we're coming towards the end now. Is there anything else that uh, you'd like to add to your story to, to su- suggest to our listeners?
1: uh no not massively no, it's not think, question that one, isn't it? yeah it's quite a hard one just um yeah. i think if you you want to get involved in the outdoors just just go and give it a go um just yeah and just keep just keep developing whatever you do and however that is and i think sometimes it can be quite hard to and i remember saying to you actually when i went and did the the courses with you i was actually quite nervous about it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and doing the courses because i was a bit like oh it's like being put on test again I haven't yeah. done that for a while but actually it was it was really good um mm-hmm. and it was really nice as well seeing a lot of the because the majority of the people run i think they're all sort of um doing their ml training yeah and um, seeing them from that point of view and and just putting your mindset back into actually the journey that you go on as an as an ml as well which i just found really interesting um and i think the course is just just allows you to see things from a different point of view and it wasn't like being on a test at all it was brilliant <laughs> great couple of days
0: Yeah, that's good. We're all in this together, I always feel, so uh, we need to work as a team. That's brilliant. Tasha, uh, it's inspirational what you're doing. Uh, Best of luck with it in the future. And thank you for talking to us today. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for having me.